0: Suzanne Howard. up here. Come on, it will never, never. Some trust in chariots, but it'll never, never. You can even test it. It'll never, never. I miss Latonya's voice in here. She brings that church sound and corporate. That church base. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anybody ever had something that will never, never. Yeah. We buy these extra warranties and these um, assurion guarantees so our products can last or be replaced in case they malfunction. But how many know Jesus will never, ever. <laughs> There's no malfunction. There's no missed parts. There's no way to have an error in relationship with him. It'll never, ever. That's the only guarantee I've ever been given in life. Bless the Lord. Somebody in here need a breakout and a breakthrough, but they are just not moving. And I don't know why you letting it depend on somebody else. Somebody might have gotten this last night. Somebody might have broke through this morning, but there's somebody in here today that needs a breakthrough. And I just dare you to lift your hands right now if it's you. And just let the Lord begin to move on you. Time is of the essence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He's a good God. You can take your seat. I'm up here in our continued series, The Conclusion of Spiritual Sonship. And I hope that everyone's learning exactly what needed to be learned from this teaching. I know uh, next week I'm going to have Pastor Kareem come up And he's going to bring us to another enlightenment of the already revealed word of God. Amen. So today, um, our title that you will see when you get on our social media platforms is divine and spiritual sonship, because we are the spiritual parents of what God orchestrated and ordained in the earth for our spiritual parents. But God is the divine parent. Amen. Don't get it messed up. And God, in such a loving and covering way, even gave us natural parents that birthed us in the natural. But there is an order from the Lord that wants you to reference him and recognize him and learn submission to him. But the first order of business is to learn how to submit to your spiritual parents on earth. How can you say you love me? Uh Uh-huh. Never seeing me. But the person sitting next to you right now, you refuse to say good morning to there's an order in earth that has to happen before God can trust you with things from heaven and we don't like that and we're battling that ever since I started this teaching I'm starting to see some fleshes come unglued and you know you pay a price when God gives you a message to preach all hell wants to come up against what you're doing in your life what God has given you to teach and you just have to be flat footed and immovable because it is the things of God is it not? That's why be careful what gospel you preach and make a vow that you will preach no other gospel. I want to come today from Luke chapter 2 for our reading. We could probably shortcut it if we were to do so at verse 40 through 52. Lifting up those two verses, but I'm going to read through. Is that all right? Mm-hmm. Amen. I didn't think my reader would be in here today. Is Danielle in here today? I didn't think she would be in here today. I know y'all got a lot of stuff going on at work and everybody testing positive And so we calling out and being put on quarantines and everything else. So thank God for the wisdom, yeah. but we have people that are missing. And so I didn't want to call for anyone that, uh, I didn't think would be here, so let's let's turn to the Word of God, Luke chapter two. Of course, I'm reading from my New Living Translation, and you can follow me along all the way from verse 40 to verse 52. Anybody love the word? Yes. It's hard for me, being a teacher of the gospel, to just read the word. I get so much expose. I was mentoring one of my clients yesterday, and we went in deeper on the uh, teaching from the fivefold and on the associated method of teaching. Do you remember that at the very beginning, the associated method of teaching? And we really went into the Word to find out where in the Bible did God or Jesus use an associate method of teaching. I think I'm going to bring that up when I get back up here um, with Bible study because I want to make sure that this Word becomes alive, that you can actually find these scriptures in the Bible. I don't want you to have to bring people to me to get teaching and understanding you are disciples of this ministry amen and you should better teach what's being taught up here that's the purpose of it after all you are the seal of my apostleship people can only say i'm not an apostle based on the disciples that come from this ministry that's why apostle paul rebuked the church and said have i not been an apostle to you they call me witches and they call me demons and they call me false but to you what do you know me as Jesus didn't go from outside the circle to ask, who am I? He asked within the circle, who do men say that I am? I want to know. I want to know from you. Who do men, what are you hearing out there? And then who do you say that I am? Because you guys are the seal of what God is doing in the house. Hallelujah. Come on, let's read the word. Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 40. There the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom beyond his years, and God placed his special favor upon him. Who are we talking about? Thank you. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first, because they assumed he was with friends amongst the travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started to look for him amongst their relatives and friends. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, they finally discovered him. He was in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, discussing deep questions with them. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding And his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, verse 48, his mother said to him, Why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. But when did you need to search? I'm sorry, but why did you need to search? He asked. You should have known that I would be in my father's house. But they didn't understand what he meant. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all things. Somebody say all things. things. His mother stored all these things in her heart. So Jesus grew both in height and in wisdom. And he was loved by God and by all who knew him. Let's talk about the word of God. I wanna talk about today, of course, uh, being under the leadership of your spiritual father. We know that a father in the realm of the spirit doesn't have a gender amen we went through examples in the bible went through examples in the natural we talked about the order of sonship doesn't mean that a spiritual father as a male isn't necessary in a male's life it doesn't mean that some things are only relatable because of the you walk in the same genetics that i walk in we get that we're not dismissing it or throwing it away but to deal with this topic on today the the succession of what we have built on today we're going to talk about mary and joseph both being the parent the parent amen with no s the parent in luke uh, chapter 2 verse 40 the child continued to grow and became strong increasing in wisdom and the what of god was upon him Uh uh-huh what else do we read do anybody have the grace of god was upon him yes the grace of God the favor of God was upon him so it wasn't just about his wisdom see a lot of people are wise there are people that have the wisdom of God on them but the grace of God is what is important upon God's children there's a principle thing and there's a principal thing of honor somebody say honor. honor and this is for us the people of God The followers of Yeshua Messiah. The principle of honor for us and submission to the fatherly leadership. Somebody say fatherly leadership. leadership. There's a principle of honor for us. And there's a submission that is required from us to fatherly leadership. It is an extremely important key for assessing what is termed today as increasing grace. Anybody want increasing grace? increasing grace. According to Luke chapter two and 52, Jesus knew what it was to increase in grace. In terms of God's grace functioning within Jesus's life, the scriptures describe these three distinct phases that a son or a daughter, we're dealing with just the word son, the son or the daughter in which they all have to grow in these phases of grace in order to be submitted to as sons and daughters. So Luke chapter two, verse 40, said the grace of God was what? I need a church here today. Upon him, him. very good. that, That was between zero and 12 years of age. From his birth to 12 years of age, the grace of God was upon him, okay? From the ages of 12 to 30 years of age, what does Luke two and 52 say? And Jesus, what? grew or kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor which is grace with God and men now we see some growth here and this is from age 12 to 30 he kept increasing he didn't receive a measure of it and stop there he kept increasing in grace why is this important we're going to keep going In the next part of this this teaching, at the age 30 to 33 years of age, Jesus was full of grace. Let's back it up in Scripture. John 1, 14 through 16. John 1, 14 through 16. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full grace of grace full of what full of grace and truth for of his fullness we have received and grace upon grace these are the three phases that we have to grow in in our sonship what's the first having the grace what Upon upon you absolutely and then as you grow in time the grace should be what uh uh-huh, ever increasing it should keep increasing and when you have reached a measure of stature where maybe you're ready to be sent out maybe there's a work that God has set aside for you of course there is a work that he has set aside for you and now your spiritual parents see that you are ready for this what is your spiritual leader looking for a measure of what full. fullness fullness of grace but we're seeing a full of a lot of other stuff And it's because, as I stated, when I first started this series, going through statistics, a lot of us, especially in the natural homes, we don't have fathers to submit to. So we don't appreciate male leadership. We don't get to see the mother in her true matriarch role because she's either trying to be your friend or she's trying to do daddy's role and mommy's role, or she's so overwhelmed she's not carrying out any of the duties. She's just trying to bring in food, shelter, and get you an education. And that's the gist of it, because the enemy knew that when he began to attack family, he could scatter the sheep. So when we get in the church, especially in this dispensation, 2020, this era that we are in, we have a lot of rebellious goats, wayward sheep, coming into the church that don't want anything to do with submission. Submission is control to them, and control to them is witchcraft. Nobody's gonna tell me what to do, I'm not gonna serve anybody, I'm no punk. Anybody ever felt like that before? These are all the things I said when I came in from the world and was submitting to my leadership. I'm like, I'm no punk, I don't know who y'all think y'all talking to in here. And I had to find out that there was a level of, of mastery that God was gonna take me to, but the only way to get there is through serving. I had to be humbled. I had to be embarrassed. I had to be crushed. I had to be told I'm all that someday. But right now you are a servant. There's a crushing that comes with this. Any great leader in and out of the kingdom, Microsoft, Apple, anyone would tell you anyone who was a great leader was first a great follower. You cannot lead people if you've never followed anyone. Because there is a spirit, a strain, a pattern in you of rebelliousness, and it will leak out. People will see it. And people are like their priest. So what's left in you undone is what we begin to hybrid throughout our congregations. And it's all throughout the Bible. We read about great kings who couldn't submit, who couldn't follow simple directions. We talked about great kings and their children who were wayward, couldn't follow the instructions of God. Why couldn't they follow the instructions of God? Because they never submitted to the spiritual authority in earth, so therefore they had no honor for divine authority over the earth. First comes the things of the spirit. We have to learn how to submit to spiritual parents, even when you don't like it. Bernard and I were out to dinner last night and we were talking about when I was going through all I was going through submitting to spiritual parenting because he likes to rank me because he says, you so bossy and so in control. But when you get around your spiritual parents, it's a whole different person. I'm like, yeah, you learn when you get around that anointing and that authority. I am nothing. What do we used to say when we get in the pulpit? I decrease so you can increase. That's what you do with your spiritual parents. What do you want? What do you need? Was all you got out of me. You want lobster? We running around trying to find them lobster. You don't like this hotel? You want to stay in a different place? We riding around. Why? Because that's the honor that you give. Which way does honor go? Honor goes up. Understand that. What you want to fall down is only going to come from what you sewed up. The problem we have is we're not sewing up we're giving what we want to give let me let me get into the lesson a little bit more today In luke chapter 2 and 40 the grace of god is upon jesus In luke 2 and 52 he grows in this grace that was upon him and it was at an ever increasing rate i wonder why the scripture says it was at an ever increasing rate because the phrase says kept increasing could it have anything to do with his level of submission think about the scripture we just read when his parents was looking for him Mm -hmm. and he's basically correcting them not rebuking rebuke never goes up rebuke goes down he said you should have known where i was i was about my father's business but what but wait till you learn about this today in luke 2 and 52 he grows in this grace kept increasing in the verse between Luke 2 and 40 and Luke 2 and 52 lies the vital key that led to this Jesus's willing submission or subjection to Joseph and Mary as a representation of spiritual fathering in his life how he submitted to his mother female and his father male in the earth of submission and subjection was a representation of the grace that would be on his life. I'm gonna break it down. 18 years of submission is required before Jesus could have only three and a half years of a powerful ministry. Think about that. Could you imagine in the church, I sat under that woman for 18 years and I, she kept me too long my ministry only lasted three and a half years. If I had got out of there soon, if you would have left that place sooner, your ministry would have been longer than your submission. Look what he was able to do. We still cannot do what Jesus did. And he said greater works shall you do. We're still looking for the greater works. We still cannot reach a level of what Jesus has reached because of his level of submission is not in us we don't like the word that's the word that belongs in paganism don't bring that word to church I'm not submitting to anybody we are equal we are gods ain't we y'all never heard that we're all gods well if we all were gods then who made the atonement for us we ran off of that scripture started a new movement black Hebrew Israelites now we all gods if we're all gods we in trouble hallelujah Jesus went down with them and came to Nazareth. Remember that scripture? We just read it. And he continued in subjection to them. To them. His mother, the scripture said, treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. How many of y'all, when you pray, you only pray for favor with God? How many pray for favor with men? I'm going on a job. I just need favor with men today. How many pray for both? Are going to start praying for favor with both? You want favor with both? If the if the scripture can tell us that they're going to hate you because they hated me, then I want the favor with men that you had as well. There's favor with men that we need. Remember, divine is God. Spiritual is on the earth. Spiritual and natural is what we deal with on the earth, but the divine is God, and divinely He's orchestrated a spiritual authority for us to walk in on the earth. The rulers in the earth is man. We need favor with man when we go to buy land, or we need them credit reports changed, or we in the courthouse, or whatever we get ourselves. You need favor with man, but Jesus knew who He was because He made it clear continued in subjection to his mother and his father and because of that jesus kept increasing in wisdom in stature some people want to know how do you have so much wisdom now you know what to tell them it's my level of submission it's my level of submission subjection to authority is important i want somebody to say that It's important. It's an important key to experiencing blessing and increase. Anybody need a little blessing and increase in their life? What's missing from that? Who are you not submitting to that you need to submit to? Oh, Lord. Anybody feel the Holy Spirit right now moving on you? Before Luke commented on this in the text of the extent of the grace that was increased in Jesus, he first highlighted for us clearly an important condition and it lies in verse 51 and he says it like this the fact that he was in complete submission to the authority of his parents and he continued in subjection to them luke 2 and 51 and he continued in subjection to them didn't you know that i was about my father's business Didn't you know, aren't you the one that told me that when you were carrying me, an angel came and told you, why do I have to tell you who I am? But he continued in subjection to them. What does subjection mean? Let me help you break down the word. Hupatasso, H-U-P-A, Hupa, H-U-P-A, T-A-S-S-O. Hupo, H-U-P-O, means under. Tasso, to place in order. So when you are under subjection to someone, you are under a placed order. You're not out of order. You're not in a line with other people. You are placed under a place in order. Do you understand that? The order for Jesus was to be placed under the authority and supervision of his parents, children, in order for them to put aspects of humanity in order in alignment to his divinity and attendant assignment. What do you mean? Let me explain. From the age of 12 to 30, one singular verse describes Jesus's focused and prioritized behavior he continued in subjection many desire the characteristics of Jesus they want what Jesus had in three and a half years they want that public ministry that well-named known they want to be known for miracles they want to be invited all over the place they want people to know you when you come into their town they want the parts of his three and a half year public ministry but with all due respect No one wants the 18 years of subjected submission obedience that he had to submit to. It goes with the old saying, everybody wants the mountaintop experience, but nobody realized it took 18 years to get to the top of that mountain. Then you got people that come in and they want what you already submitted to and they want it overnight. How long you been here? 10 years. How long you been here? 13 years. How long you been here? 18 years. Oh, well, I'm about to surpass all of y'all impossible unless their level of submission and subjection is at an all time high they can accelerate greatly in grace but if you still struggle with submission if you still struggle with subjection if your flesh just cringes when I say the word because that was me people would say submission it would just be like I can't stand that word in church I wish they'd find a church word that is a church word because it's a kingdom word It's about subjects. And subjects are called subjects because they have subjected their life to the trust of those that God has appointed over them. What you can't submit to is the rock you'll never get over. He continued in subject. I'm, I'm about to die for you, Mary and Joseph. I'm not submitting to you. Do you know who I am nope the text said he continued in subjection I am the Messiah people know me everywhere do you have this blood running through you nope he continued in subjection to both of them how hard was that to do when you know you have great ministry over your life when you have dream dreams and you've seen where God has taken you. You've seen maybe the audience or the books or the, the plays or the songs that you're going to sing and the, 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 the um, stage plays that you're going to release. You see yourself in different countries. You know you're great. And it's hard to compose yourself in church because your greatness is ever before you. But you'll never reach it if your submission is not as great as your destiny. He continued in subjection. Jesus consistently submitted. Somebody say it. Mm -hmm. Submission should never be fleeting. It should never be sporadic. That should be your back pain. That should be your headache. That's fleeting and sporadic. But your subjection should be always consistent and constantly. His submission was also willing and not coerced. I'm submitting because I have to submit to apostle because where I'm going in my life, Mm, getting the back of the line next wrong attitude. I'm submitting because it is the will of my father that I believe sent me to a ministry to submit and subject so that all that I need, the grace that I need to keep abounding in me and increasing in me can come from that set leader and when you are online listening to Tom, Dick and Harry, Ronnie, Bobby, Mickey and Mike, you are losing the grace that is upon your leader because you are showing that I believe they have what you don't have for my life so I submit there bipolar, schizophrenic spiritual personalities you don't look like me, you don't sound like me, you don't talk like me the DNA and the heart for God is not upon you, whose children are you? He continued in subjection. Y'all going to hear that in y'all sleep tonight. I'm going to say this for the next 30 minutes. You're going to hear this in your sleep. He continued in subjection. When you go tomorrow and want to do wrong, you're going to hear continue in subjection. When you struggle with giving, Holy Spirit is going to say continue in subjection. When you don't want to submit to your spouse when they wrong, continue in subjection. God help me. Jesus, consistently submitted knowing who he was already. Because submission for him wasn't schizophrenic. It was his will that was already submitted to his destiny. See, we want destiny, but we haven't submitted our will to it. Our will has to be submitted to destiny. Our will has to be submitted to the future. If our will isn't submitted to the future, what we're dealing with today, we won't understand. We won't abide in. We won't be subject to it. We'll question it. We'll cause a delay. We'll cause a dismissal. We'll get off track because your will is submitted to what's going on this day. But when you know you're called in God, your will is submitted to the future. I can't mess up today because what I'm submitted to is the future. It hasn't come yet. It's a foresight, it's a foreknowledge, it's a measure of what anybody can perceive upon my life right now. So if I mess up today, I'm messing up my future. Guess what I'm about to say? He was consistently submitted. Such must be the character of our submission. Forced submission is not submission. My, my, my. If I got to arm wrestle, y'all, if I got to explain, if I got to send a message and then answer side text on the message because you think you deserve more of an explanation than the rest of the group, back of the line because you are not consistently submitted. I know people in here right now that consider themselves consistently submitted to ministries, and the fruit of that is upon their life now. From the submission, isn't there a scripture that says, "Sacrifices are better than obedience"? obedience. Oh, what does it say? Obedience better than the obedience. The obedience. I know greatness is on your life. You wouldn't be here if it wasn't. I know that there's some things that y'all gonna do that I would never be able to do. I know that there's some places you're going to go that I would never be in front of those places. I know there's people y'all are gonna meet that I have never met. I know that. That's why the level of your submission is important to the leader that God has sent you. Because a true spiritual parent won't put their foot on what God wants to do with you. They'll put their foot on what God wants to do with you. Pushing you into the things of God. But the push doesn't come with us wasting time and arm wrestling you. We're only going to push the ones that are submitted. The only ones that are going to be irritated are the ones that submitted. If you're not submitted to anything, nobody really cares about you. Jesus subjecting himself. Do you hear what I'm saying? He subjected himself to them. Well what does that mean He subjected? That almost sounds like I'm better than you, but I'm gonna subject myself to you. It's an insult, but it shows that he knew he had something greater on his life than what Mary and Jesus Joseph had, but he was willing to submit and subject himself to their leadership, even when they basically rebuked him. For leaving out of their presence, not being found for three days, coming home and telling us where you were at 12? (laughs) If we were teaching this prophetically, we would make it clear to understand that he hadn't even had a bat mitzvah yet. He wasn't considered a man yet. He had no right disappearing. So in the natural, they had a right to rebuke him. So what's the purpose of the scripture today? Some of y'all are running off and doing ministry that your spiritual leader hasn't blessed, nor has your spiritual leader honored, and you are going to fall flat on your ground because the rock you avoid today is the block that's going to stop you tomorrow. You have to submit everything that God has given you under leadership. And if you have a problem submitting it under leadership, it's because you have now aligned your will with your future if you knew you was as bad as you say you are what's the problem with submitting your battle isn't with flesh and blood you're not fighting me when I tell you sit down you're not fighting me when I tell you you're not going to preach all year this battle isn't with flesh and blood some of y'all are going to be pastors and you're going to be over people and if you've never submitted to me how dare I put you over God's people what kind of leader would you be that you would demand in Gestapo and dictate people because you don't know the honor in submission? Submission is an honor. When people want to submit to you, it's an honor. It shouldn't gas you up. Insecure people are gassed up. Insecure people are blown up. Insecure people got to be dictators in Gestapo because they don't know their authority. But when you know your authority, you expect it to happen. It's part of the process. Ten people want to fly in here and become sons and daughters. Am I honored? Absolutely. Am I shocked? Absolutely not. Because my level of submission has been so that God is gonna get the glory out of everything that he's called me to submit to. Such must be the character of our submission. Let's say it again, y'all finish it. Forced submission submission must be voluntary and, sincere. voluntary and sincere do you think that we can't see when it's voluntary or, ins- or sincere do you think that we just because you gave us an offering <laughs> you can see. listen let me tell you how, how badly God set y'all up okay. I was in the world doing some very illegal matters I've had money there ain't no dollar amount no church person gonna give me that's gonna get me to bow down and worship that devil so he can give me his kingdom i came from a lifestyle where i lived it i've seen it and i've done it not bragging because i could have died and lost my soul living that life but god so when he set me in position in his church it was already a level that i had lived that the temptation that came from man in the church could not reach me we weren't even a year old in ministry and this lady wanted to give us land you remember we weren't even a year old in ministry, and this lady had sold some land, and one, or somebody died, and she wanted to give us some money. I said, well, you can make it out to Crossroads Outreach Ministry. Well, I want to present it to you personally in front of the church, and I want you to sit down. Are you crazy? Are you crazy? These are the things that come when you start out in ministry. But because I had an eye on my future, I knew that if I sacrificed with this foolishness today, where I would end up in the future would be delayed. Functioning secretly with zeal in authentic divine purpose but without the knowledge or sanction of fatherly leadership is, I'll say it a nice way, is not advisable. Functioning secretly with zeal Inauthentic divine pursuit. Well, it was God. Apostle was the problem. Doing ministry secretly with zeal, <laughs> inauthentic divine purpose of a ministry, but without the knowledge or sanction of your spiritual leadership, is void. Jesus did a good thing. You know, one of God gives us like a checklist to go down and he began to show me years ago you know just like he taught on love in the scripture he kind of tells you what love isn't before he tells you what it is and it was like could you just had told us what it is in three words it would be so easy to recognize it and to know when we're not loving somebody but instead he told us what love wasn't how he taught me about sonship he told me what to look for that wasn't him and he said, when they start having secret meetings and secret ministries, and they're going to just read a scripture at a funeral, big deal, right? But they do it secretly. They're not a son and a daughter. Don't spend time with them. You're going to lose oil in time that cannot be brought back in. Secretly doing things. Secretly, everything's a secret because you don't have enough trust in yourself or the God you serve, never mind the leader you submit under to trust that the way has already been made for you. We do things secretly because we ourselves haven't bought into what we're doing. Did you hear what I said? If you're doing something in your life, seeing somebody doing some illegal something, whatever it may be, come on, we human. It's a secret because you yourself have an issue with what you're doing. submission is no joke Jesus did a good thing a spiritual thing but without the awareness and knowledge or sanction of his natural plus spiritual parents that's what they were for him so this invalidated what he did what Jesus did in the temple was not accepted during that Passover festival it was rebuked and seen as wrong because he did it without the leadership of his parents knowing what he was doing that makes no sense. He's the Messiah. He's Jesus. He was in the church. Come on. He wasn't doing anything bad. It doesn't matter. You're doing it as if it has to be a secret because you don't trust the leadership that God has appointed over you. Mm, God help me with this today. Jesus did a good thing. Remember that. How many of y'all said, but pastor was a good thing. He did a spiritual thing. I was about my father's business, but without the awareness of his natural and spiritual parents. So this invalidated what he did. He functioned secretly or to make it real nice and polished for today, clandestinely. (laughs) He is only 12 years old, but already has a sense of his mandate and his mission. How many have a sense of your mandate and your mission? But he is consumed with a desire to execute his father's heavenly business. But he did so. He proceeded to function without the authorization of his spiritual parents, Mary and Joseph. And God honors order. And I don't care if you're... I was talking with someone the other day. And we were talking about kings, right? And we were relating it to prime ministers and um, those in government positions. we were relating it to presidents. And I said, do you really think that God is concerned with somebody's adultery? Just listen to me, because that's a moral issue, okay? Do you really think that God is concerned with somebody stealing? I'm I'm just going to go there with you. And they were like, absolutely. I said, okay, all right. So all these kings that were appointed in the Bible... Were they not the most wicked, vicious, sleeping around? They were a whole mess. They had concubines. When concubines should have been an era that was played out already, they stole gold, they killed, they robbed. Look what David did. What God is concerned with is the man who is after his heart. God is looking for people. He's not turning a blind eye. It's a moral issue. That's the job for spiritual parents to handle. It's my job to come after the adultery in your life, the fornication in your life. God is looking for the man, the woman, who is willing to obey his will. And it's our job to handle the moral issues on the earth. I know we don't like it because we like to think that God is just running around here being a narcissist dictator and that he's a micromanager and he's around here counting. He even wraps it up in the Bible in the book of John. He was like, look, this is the sin right here. Those who do not believe in Jesus is my son. That's the sin right here. I'm not running around with a list. Oh, you did this and you did that and you did this. And I'm looking for the man, the woman, the man that will serve my will. Check out the kings in the Bible. They were jacked up. And, G- and God never came at them for that. Look at it. What did he say? Return the gold you stole. <laughs> King King Darius. He wasn't even Christian. He was Persian. And God used him. Some of y'all are stuck and struggling. Because you're sitting here with a list of your, your sins. And you're letting the sin so easily beset you you're getting caught up in the minor details when you can get deliverance, you can get prayer you can get counsel, you can get a psychologist, there's some issues in your moral character that needs to be straightened up, but God is looking for people who would submit to his order and his leadership in the earth why do you think people who do bad can do God's will Because God makes provision where there's vision. God isn't protecting you from the sins in your life. He's making sure that destiny in you gets where it needs to go. Oh, God, I got to get going. Jesus had a mandate and a mission. He knew it. He was consumed with it. He was so consumed with it that he went outside the authorization of his spiritual parents. At 12 years old, which represents the apostolic governance, if it was a prophetic class, at 12 years old, which represents the apostolic governance, he already had an awareness of his heavenly origins and the assignment of his heavenly father. When Mary and Joseph found him, his response was that they should have known that he would be about his father's business. Both phrases are about the father's business literally mean consumed with things or fears of the father while mary and joseph were fully aware that this son of theirs was the son of god (laughs) how do you raise the son of god all right let me get back over here (laughs) lord have mercy fully aware that their son was the son of god and had come for a specific mission they had not of yet listen to this key they knew that because the angel told them right But they had not as yet, as his earthly spiritual parents, given him the sanction to be Jesus. Is that crazy? So what does that mean? Because I got a destiny on me. And if you can't give me permission to be who he's called me to be, I got to leave this church, right? Mm -mm, Absolutely not. Because he continued in submission. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Jesus at 12 years old proceeded to execute part of his father's business, the divine business of the temple, but without the knowledge and the permission of his parents who had oversight over him. You mean to tell me spiritual and natural parents have more oversight over me than God? We need to teach an order class in here. Because often we like to blow up our relationship with God, even though the submission to the relationship level that we talk about ain't there. Oh, I follow God first, then man. But you're not even submitted to God. Don't you hear it a lot? We hear it a lot. I, no, no offense, but um, this submission stuff, y'all talking about, I'm submitted to God first, then man. That's interesting. Because God said there is no submission unto him until you submit it in your earthly presence. None. It's sort of a a test and a trial to prepare us for our love with God, for our level of submission to God. Jesus was able to follow God's instructions and said, I do nothing without the Father because he handled the rebuke for Mary and Joseph right here. If he couldn't handle the rebuke in this text right here, he would not be able to be the one to follow Jesus, to follow God. And I'm going to back it up with text. Mm -hmm. To function in one specific ministry calling Without the requisite grace that flows forth from submission, somebody say grace Grace. that flows forth forth. from submission, submission. thank you, to and thus authorization from fatherly leadership oversight is to function illegitimately. You're still an orphan. You have not received your birthright or your adoption. You're still an orphan. You are functioning illegally if what flows from you refuses to submit to authority and fatherly leadership oversight in the earth. If your spiritual father is not aware of significant spiritual engagements relative to you, this could land you in trouble. Even if they may have a hint of your destiny, why would they only have a hint and not know all of it? Good question, Suzanne. Even if they may have a hint of your destiny and your mandate in God, it is always advisable that they come to the full understanding of your call. Because if you are such an orphan, an illegitimate child, no one's going to be able to see your call. God's not going to reveal your call in an orphan state. Think of the Old Testament. If you were a bastard child, meaning no mother and father, you could not enter the courts of the church You were illegitimate. No one even cared to claim you. That's why Jesus' death and, and, and burial and resurrection, the blood, the body that was broken is so important to us because there was a level of submission to him that not only was able to be broken but also poured out for somebody else. The purpose of my chastisement of you, my, my closeness and keeping you in the gates of the church for a period and a season is so that you can be broken and poured out for somebody else. Ministry isn't about you. Ministry is about people. Yeah. Unless you plan on preaching to yourself, then go now. If you plan on prophesying to yourself, then go now. If your ministry is not to bring the good news to anybody, but the four walls of your house go now. But if you know that God has something greater for you, if you know you are the called out and the chosen, if you know that there's Kings, you got to meet governments. You got to sit in artwork. You got to paint songs. You got to sing that are going to bring healing and deliverance. You have to continue in submission. You're skipping a major point in the process that God has for you. And then you're going to say, I must have heard God wrong. The prophets prophesied wrong. They kept me in the house too long. I lost destiny. No, you forgot a major step in your calling and it's called submission. No demon in hell can stop you when you're submitted. No family member, no job, no budget, no money. When you're submitted, hell can rise up against you and God will release hosts of angels to save you. No demon can stop what God has ordained. But God does not ordain illegitimate children. I'm bouncing here and I'm, I'm bouncing there and I'm, I'm bouncing there and I want to get fed here and I want to get fed here. It's taking apostle too long with the prophet training. It's taking apostle too long. I'm not taking me too long. The, the teaching that goes on in leadership teaches that the teacher arrives only when the student is ready. So somebody must not be ready that the teacher hasn't arrived to teach you in the things that you desire to get. Why would God send a teacher when a student is wayward, battling rejection? Remember, you're gonna be over people. Let me tell you something I learned about God, and I teach all my leaders this. They hear it all the time. Okay, how bad you are, how good you can sing, how well you can preach, how many Bible scriptures you know. Ministry is about people. And if you're broken, you're gonna break people. And if you wanna see God show up in your life with wrath mistreat souls. Amen. You can steal money and he gonna give you grace. That's- you can sleep around. Please don't. He's going to give you grace. You can do some illegal transaction. He's going to give you grace. My grace is sufficient in your weakness that you'll be made whole or strong, right? But mess with souls. You mess with souls, Jesus shows up on the scene. He's going to wipe you out. He's going to cause you to go broke. Barrenness is going to hit. You will feel like that hamster in that wheel always turning and turning and never getting anywhere. You want to offend God? Mess with the blood that's on his people. Wow. I'm telling you, you've got to learn how to submit now. Because if you can't submit now, what kind of ruler are you going to be over God's people? God help us. You go to some churches and you see people afraid to talk. They to look at their leader. They're, they're afraid to speak to you. I went to a women's fellowship one time. And the people wouldn't even talk to me. Went with a couple of girls from the church. Won't even talk to me. And I'm like, what kind of church is this? Because, you know, we was always the happy church. There are people happy over there. They love the word over there. So we figure, you know our reputation. Be a little happy when we come to visit. will not speak to us. will not have nothing to do with us. Didn't really want to say too much to us. Insecure leadership. Insecure leadership will always mishandle people. And the only reason you're insecure is because you have never submitted to anybody. You know why? Submission requires vulnerability. You're gonna see me, you're gonna see my arrogance, you're gonna see my pride, you're gonna see my weakness, you're gonna see the side of me that turn up that I thought was dead, but it just come back whenever it's ready. You're gonna see some things about me. And submission is gonna test those areas in you. So people avoid submission. That's why some of their spiritual parents are in Israel. I don't want my covering that close. Let me just have you in another continent and I tie to you and you preach in my church once a year and you see the great work that I've done and I look great. Don't I look great? But when you have a spiritual parent that is in your life looking for the fruit of submission and subjection, there's a whole different oil that comes out of that olive. It's important. It's important to who you submit to. You should look upward at the person they submit to to see what's flowing down on you. What things are they dealing with in their moral character that they've been dealing with for a long time They refuse to get help or deliverance on? It flows. If they're not aware of your destiny or your mandate or even your call, it is still a violation for you to jump ahead of their blessing. Jesus was called to curtail and reign in his zealous passion. He had to his heavenly father's business and virtually suspend it. Did y'all know that? I didn't get that. Jesus had to virtually suspend his ministry for 18 years in willing submission to Joseph and Mary's spiritual fatherhood over his life. You went in there and did what? With whom? And you rolled back? with the Johnsons when I told you not to mingle with the Johnson family? I'm shutting you down for 18 years, what? You don't know who I am, I'm finna lead this place. Cause I got some greatness on me. His parents chastised him for going off on a spiritual assignment that was without their knowledge they found him in the temple listening to asking questions of the greatest teachers of his day and providing them the answers and they were not impressed because he had the greatness of the teaching but he did not have the submission of his calling when chastised by his parents about his engagement without consent Jesus 12 years old said they should have known already many spiritual sons presumptuously hastily and prematurely in embarking on a ministry calling presupposing that their spiritual fathers are fully aware of all the factors and specifics the timing of their activation to ministry although jesus was consumed by a passion like no other needless to say to pursue the will of his father even at a young age he nevertheless submitted to the instructions and requirements of his earthly spiritual parents. Submission to this natural dimension. Somebody say natural dimension. dimension. There is a level of submission required in the natural dimension. Otherwise, you are too spiritual. You're too heavenly bound. What we say? You're no earthly good. So you're submitted to the divine, but you're skipping over the place where he has you resigning right now. You're not in heaven yet. There's an order of submission hierarchy that belongs in the earth. There's a natural dimension of fathering, even was over Jesus. If they made Jesus without a man, God could have surely sent him here and just had him found in a brook going down the river somewhere. He didn't need any, we didn't know where Enoch came from or where he left or, he could have easily done that with Jesus, right? He was demonstrating for us that there has to be a beginning. There has to be a beginning. There is an order of leadership that is required in the earth for submission. Did I help you out? There is a fathering dimension, a natural dimension of fathering that is necessary and in fact a prerequisite in our lives divine sonship to his heavenly father was another realm and to fulfill his divine assignment so what's the two realms i just gave you natural dimension and the divine thank you security my prophet i would advise spiritual sons not to embark upon significant or strategic aspects of the will of god for their lives without at least conferring with their spiritual parents the term we use today was parenthood. You got a hood. God knew you needed a hood. He knew the father and the mother wasn't just gonna be enough for you. I got a hood. Y'all make that t-shirt. I got a hood. That's what it took to raise you. There is tremendous safety and wisdom in this. The spiritual son must be open to discipline. I wish the shofar was there now. And fatherly directives in this process It has been the case for many who deliberately do not seek the counsel of their spiritual fatherhood and prematurely enact some significant aspects of God's known will for their lives, but in the inappropriate manner or timing. Then, when things do not materialize as they had hoped, and in some cases, negative consequences are reaped, y'all know the stories? They choose to solicit the direct involvement of their spiritual father at this stage only why not prevent all the negativity and consequences and disappointments in the first place by involving your spiritual parenthood from the onset of your decisions and choices before the process of unfolding this in your life how many times pastor Tangi, pastor d people have taken people into their homes never consulted us just that big old bleeding heart they want to help somebody and then when the fighting breaks out and the arguing breaks out, it spills over in church, we've got to clean up mess that we were never involved in from the beginning. Or oh, you loan somebody money, or you give somebody a right, or you, male starts thinking you can mentor a female in the church even if she married. And then we find out feelings were caught in the realm of the natural dimension. And now guess who's got to clean that work up? Guess who takes the hit when it leaks outside the church and people are talking about what goes on in that church? Who do you think takes the hit? That's why submission is always better than your sacrifice. There was no sacrifice greater than your obedience. I'm not going to give you this about Saul today, but some of y'all read about Saul. Leadership is mandatory for y'all to read about Saul, and I want you to submit to me what you get from the relationship with Saul as far as the apostolic sonship go. Fathership also relates to headship. Even if you're absent from the Apostles House leadership, this does not give you an excuse or a pass. You know that. Thank you. Fatherhood also relates to headship. I'm almost there. Please, hope I'm not lying. Ooh, it looks like I'm lying by all these copies, but we'll keep going. <laughs> not all gifts are headship gifts. Say that. Not all gifts... our headship gifts gifts. the principle of father is a principle of headship so you may be submitting to something that's not headship because they have an area of acumen that you just don't have yet the head lifts the rest of the body up right the father as the head is not there to keep his son down but to lift his son up the hand can throw a stone i love this part the head cannot, right? Can your head throw a stone? No. Right. But the head needs to instruct the hand on the stone that it's going to throw. The hand, which is the son, without the father, which is the head, is useless. Before there was a saw, there was a Samuel submission in spite of failure of spiritual fathers to comprehend the full ambit or specific details of your calling. In Luke two and 50, it actually says that his parents did not even understand his response to their question. Even though on Mary and Joseph's part, there was a measure of inability. Listen, how powerful this is. There was an admitted measure of inability in the natural dimension for the fatherhood. Somebody say, I got a hood. There was a measure of inability to completely appreciate the extent of the will of the heavenly father for Jesus. And yet God did not stop them from their chastisement of him. God lined up with his orderly fatherly leadership and how they chose to handle their son. Y'all get it tomorrow. He could have put them to death right away. That's my commission right there. This is my mission right here. This is an offspring of who I am. You can't hold him back. But didn't Jesus make reference many times in his ministry? The time is not yet. The time has not come. Don't tell people who I am. I'll do this miracle, but don't expose me. I'll turn the water into wine, but I can't do it now because the time has not come. Did he end up turning the water into wine? Did he? He did, right? But he told his mother what in the text? Somebody know the Bible. What did he say? Let's go to it. Come on, Kabibi. <laughs> Hold it. Just get the scripture, but let me read this part so we're not wasting time. Even though Joseph and Mary did not fully understand Jesus' zeal and view about his engagements to the affairs of the divine, the scripture in Luke 2.51 indicates that Mary treasured all things in her heart. Listen, true spiritual fathers... Even though at a point in time, might not, what did I just say? Because some of y'all can't do two things at once. Might not comprehend all that is attendant with the destiny of their sons. True spiritual fathers, true parenthood, even though at a point in time, listen, so you can give me my pass when I need it, I might not comprehend all that is required of you that I may not understand the destiny of my sons and daughters because I treasure all things in my heart as Mary did, the various and seemingly disparate things about our spiritual sons and daughters over time with God, God will release them to us like a jigsaw puzzle until he completes a full picture in us. The reason he can't give us the full picture of your destiny because you're not ready yet. And how many spiritual parents have we known or heard of or ministered by have sent you out too soon? Listen, you don't ever want to be somewhere before God gets there. I'm going to say this and I'm not going to regret it. You're not going to use this one against me. You're better off being a little late than too soon with God because you'd rather be at a place that Jesus passed through where the altar is built than a place where the altar had never existed. Think about it. She treasured all things in her heart So God will piece them together. God permits this. Why does he permit this? Listen, God permits this to accomplish certain certain things in the spiritual father. See, I have a part. We have a part in this relationship. Certain things in the spiritual father, the capacity to give oversight to the unfolding destiny in our sons and daughters, as well as to test. Somebody say test. Test the submission of the son while the dynamics have not yet unfolded. So you may know more about your destiny than God has has given me. But will you still submit to me when I seem to be void in some areas of not knowing where you're going? God's not going to share his glory with another one. He's not going to take the chance of me revealing you too soon submission to God's program for that particular season of his life meant subjection to his parents even though there was a greater purpose to fulfill God sometimes tests our hearts in these things at the right time Jesus was released to fully engage in fulfilling the will of the father consider that at the wedding of Cana it was Mary who could joy Jesus to perform his first miracle even though Jesus thought the timing was not appropriate who has John 2 Who's that? Pastor D? Go ahead. You can probably just do John 2, 3 through 5. Okay. Okay, gotcha. John 2, 3 through 5. Mm-hmm. The wine supply ran out during the festivities. So Jesus' mother told him they have no more wine. <laughs> Verse 4, dear woman, that's not our problem. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Go, yep. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. And then what happened? Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Uh-huh. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Uh-huh. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. Jesus did, not Mary. Right? right? Go ahead. Uh-huh. So the servant followed his instruction. uh mm-hmm. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, mm. not knowing where it had come from, though, of course, the servants knew, mm-hmm. he called the bridegroom over. So Jesus went against the timing of his ministry through the ordership of his parenthood. Tell somebody, I need a hood. I need a hood. I need a hood. Because I'm, I think I'm following timing and I think I'm following the will of God. But in order to be in the timing and the will of God, I've got to submit to my hood. Yeah. I've got to. He told his mother, My time has not come yet. So his mother said, Knowing his level of, of submission and obedience, his mother said, What? What? You get it? She's saying, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. She, he said, What? What did she say to do? do, whatever. do whatever he says. She didn't say, Do what I say to do. You see how she showed her level of submission to the call that's on his life? She didn't say, do what I said to do. I gotta make Jesus be the Messiah even at this age that he is right now. So do whatever he says to do. So would Jesus do what Mary said to do? Ah! I love the Lord. He's high and lifted up. You see how the order ranks? I'm not gonna make you look bad and you ain't gonna make me look bad. I'm gonna cover you while you cover me. That's how we are about our father's business the glory because they covered each other he knew that his submission to God will be illegitimate if he didn't submit to his earthly parenthood y'all better stop sleeping on God I've got to submit to God well where's the leadership first in the earth let's see how that submission goes you can fool me in some of the time but you can't fool God wise discerning and spirit led spiritual fathers know when to activate their sons into public ministry jesus would go on to fulfill his father's business and complete his father's work in the earth 18 years somebody say 18 years of submission prepared him for a solid foundation for not just a successful ministry of three and a half years but to be jesus the christ to be lifted up by his father, not by the Roman guards, by his father. He was lifted up so that all men would be drawn to him. I'll save it for another day. When you have time, read Genesis 33 and 3. And look how Jacob and him brother one had to end up bowing down. Matter of fact, I got to go there, and I probably got to miss the rest of the teaching. 33 and 3. In Genesis 33 and 3, Jacob reconciled with Esau. Online, I hope you're getting this. Because whatever church you belong to, whatever church you go to, you're going to have to learn how to submit to. If God sent you there, then you've got to be obedient to the subjection of that ministry. You are not going to achieve what we in the church, me in the kingdom need you to achieve by walking in disobedience. If you're not getting what you need to get, you need to learn how to submit and ask God how to get fed. You cannot continue to not be subject and submitted to your leadership. This text is for the body of Christ. In Genesis 33, Jacob reconciled with Esau bowing to him in submission and honor and by actually sending to him a significantly large offering some of y'all owe some people some money (laughs) You have been disobedient Did I not do this? Did I not do this? Did we not go back to our former church? We were invited for anniversary service and they were trying to raise a few hundred dollars And the Lord said, I need you to correct your level of submission. And I need you to give a significantly large offering over everybody else. He didn't say I had to tell people. He didn't say what it had to be. He's like, you a daughter, you hear me. And I had to write a check for a significantly large amount. Not a thank you in the mail, nothing. No expectations of it. Because it was the level of my submission to God that I correct the error that I made over there. Bowing to him in submission and honor and by actually sending to him a significantly large offering. Why? Because he perceived the face of Esau as the face of God taught by itself this does this don't even this can't even go in with any other kind of band members here this is amazing how God gives us all these second chances and sometimes the way he gives us chances we just don't get it We don't see how God can work some of the people that you have wronged, that you refuse to submit to, you need to look at them and see the face of God. Help me, Jesus. Here, he demonstrates the principle of mutual submission and that although it was prophesied that Esau would serve Jacob, which should have never happened. The firstborn and the last, they got that mixed up. This never transpires until Jacob can demonstrate humility and submission to Esau. But he himself passed on ahead of them, 33 and 3, and bowed down to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. Before he could reach the place where the honor was, he had to bow seven times before God would let him reach the face of God that came through that mountain that he had to see first. 33 10 and 11 Jacob said no please if now I have found favor in your sight then take my present from my hand for I see your face as one sees the face of God and you have received me favorably please take my gift which has been brought to you because God has dealt graciously with me and because I have plenty thus he urged him and he took it complete assimilation and integration into the nature and purpose attendant with the grace configuration of your father's house will not be attained until you demonstrate sincere regard for appreciation love and a desire to submit to your brothers that went over your head right in part of your sonship you have to make amends with your brotherhood there is no sonship divine or naturally spiritually If you have issues with the brotherhood, that's another hood of the hood you need in your life. There's a hood you have to pass on the way to the parenthood. Complete assimilation and integration in order to fit into this whole component, in order for it to be swift and smooth and, and a natural purpose with the grace of the Father. You will not attain that until you demonstrate sincere regard for, appreciation, love, and a desire to submit to your brothers. dum 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 Trying to figure out what I could skip so we can let y'all process what's on your brain already. Mm-hmm. what can I just close them with God mm-hmm. yes sir I think I could probably stop there grace is not given once off but there is a continuing downloading of it there is no coming into the fullness of grace unless we master submission to God established authority can you write that one down You should have divine authority, a natural dimension of authority, and now we're talking about God-established authority. Why are you submitting to man? Because it is the God-established authority. In the marriage, in the child and parent role, a God-established authority over our lives and embody the attitude and disposition of a servant. The same word is used to describe Stephen's measure of the grace of God. I don't have time to go into it. Read it yourself, Acts 6 and 8. The scripture said that Stephen, full of grace and power, was performing great wonders and signs among the people, and yet they titled him deacon, but he moved as an apostle because he had the full measure of grace on his life. So no matter what the title that man puts on you, you can move in a a, a, a dispensation of God that people will mix up who you are in the realm of the spirit because of your level of submission. Yep, this is where we're going to go. We're going to go home here. Acts 13, 1 through 4. While they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So now we're setting people out. You, You have the fullness of grace upon your life. So what's next? It's time for you to be set apart. Spiritual sons and daughters, there's a future. There's a vision. You should be in a house where there's a vision for you. Either you're going to take some reins and some rulership in the house he's in, or he's going to send you out. There's a reason for you being set apart. And when that set apart has happened, there is a natural service that happens in the earth so other sons and daughters can see it. So while ministering to the Lord, the apostles, the Holy Spirit said to them, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then when they had fasted and prayed, that's the leader's job, then it should be an honor when we lay hands on you. So that we can send you out to do the will of your father. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, being sent out by whom? Mm -hmm. They went down to Seleucia and from there they sailed to Cyprus. Two points I need to bring out with that. Hang on. Somebody sent something. Um, Verse 3 said they sent out. Verse 4 said sent out by the Holy Spirit so we give the affirming of your sending but you are going nowhere unless the holy spirit sends you out who sent them out the holy spirit sent them out but sending of god was discerned and cooperated by men in the antioch leadership that's another level of submission so the first level of submission we talked about natural parents spiritual parents right if you're in a marriage covenant um in the church your spiritual parents you're covering there amen Amen. and then you have the divine of course but also with that you have church leadership submission well that's too much submission right how many people quit (laughs) the holy spirit you ever notice for some people it's so easy some people it's like why is this so easy for them then you try to go over and ask them like why you do all this like it's natural for them they either had the training in the army or they had the training in their household or they had the training on a job but submission comes naturally to them. And then there's a few of us, right? Where it's just like, I don't think this is God. It hurts my flesh. It cannot be God. (laughs) Human actions mirror divine interventions. Paul and Barnabas did not just do as they wished. They were authorized to go by the Holy Spirit But somebody say, but this authorization was demonstrated by their submission to and cooperation with earthly leadership structure, which God places all of us under. Paul and Barnabas enjoyed great ministry, great success. And part of this reason is scripture noted because the Antioch leadership team had laid their hands on them. Also, Paul and Barnabas will return to Antioch Church to give feedback of their ministry. They didn't cut them off once they left. They were submitted and accountable to human representation of the headship of Christ. You can follow that in Acts 14 and 26. The function in one's divine calling, apart from operating in the required commensurate grace required for that call will result in failure and possible disaster. Note again in Acts 14, Paul and Barnabas, again in Acts 15, Paul and Silas were commended or committed to the grace of God for very clear and specific task or assignments. In commending or committing them to grace, they were delivered up to the power of God's grace and trusted to it and not to their own strength talents, gifts, or apostleship. Great store was not held in the office, but rather in the grace of God, which works through them in the office in which they functioned in. I pray this has blessed you. I pray that this has awakened you. I pray for those of y'all who struggle with submission to the spiritual covering that God has given you to the leadership in Antioch, also known as the Apostles House, and to submission to your brothers and sisters in Christ. There is no promotion if you struggle in this submission. If that is you, I'm not gonna call you up to the altar. What I'm gonna ask that you do is see Pastor D or one of the elders and tell them, confess that. I struggle in my submission. Is there any material or any mentorship or is there any deliverance? Maybe this thing is a demon. Can somebody help me to stop struggling in my submission so that I can pass this mountain for one and one last time? If that is you, that is Pastor D. Wave your hand. The elders, wave your hand. They're dressed in their garments today. They're easily recognizable. Pastor Kareem is over here on the side with his beautiful wife. There is a level of submission that God is waiting for. For all of y'all that are off and about and twisted into other things, ask the Lord to take this message and place it in your spirit, that it may become seed that will produce a harvest, so the things that you struggle most with won't be the thing that keeps you from the dreams, the visions, the prophecies that you've had in your life. How many prophetic words have come to you? How many times have somebody laid hands on you? How many times have you just had these little visions of something greater for you, but you can't quite tell what's the hindrance? Maybe you're bouncing from church to church. It's time to submit. Maybe where you are, you just don't want to submit. They, they stole my ideas. They mishandled me. Well, you've got to work that out with God and talk to your leadership and say, I've been mishandled in the past. And my issue with submission is I'm afraid to be hurt. I'm afraid to be broken. It is your responsibility to work this out. And when God provides a natural order of leadership, there is no excuse for your submission. Come on and stand to your feet. I pray that the spirit of the living God be upon you today. I pray that the Holy Spirit minister to you through the rest of this day, through your dreams, through your daydreams, through your quiet time, through some of the noisiest rooms that you may be in this week, that the Holy Spirit continue to minister to you, to continue in submission. Because there is a greater promise on your life, and it's not the amount that you give and sacrifice. But it's what you give in submission to the will of God. I pray that those that you have an altar with. That you will see God's face and place of their face. And if you have to back to them and bow to them seven times. You might have to give an offering. You need to seek the Lord on it. Get that thing fixed. It's called reparations, right? You don't want to recompense from that stuff. Father, I pray right now for each person under the sound of my voice that they begin to hear you for themselves regarding this message through all the dimensions of leadership, through all the obedience that we talked about today, oh God, that their pride not get in the way and keep them from this unique place of prosperity, promise, and protection. I pray for everyone on the live stream, those that are at home, in their cars, in the parking lot, wherever you may be. I pray that as you lift your hands right now in submission to God, but also in submission to the orders that I'm speaking forth right now, that you learn to live in a place of not my will, but thy will be done. Doesn't mean you won't make a mistake, but you will quickly get back on track and ask the Lord to forgive me because I am a son of God or a daughter in the kingdom of the most high. If you'd like to sow a seed, you're welcome to come to the altar and do so. If you have not given your life to Christ and you feel the unction today, I want you to raise your hand so that we can see you and we can pray for you today that I'd like to give my heart to the Lord today. Maybe you're backslidden. Maybe this is your first time. It doesn't matter. Just raise your hand now and give us the permission to pray for you. If you are here today and you believe that the Apostles House is the place for your discipleship, I'm asking you to come up now as well. Just freely move about this place. The orders and the instructions are already given. If this is the place where God is sending you for your spiritual oversight, to be parented under this ministry, to prepare you for what God has called you to be, freely move from your seat and come now they're coming now to give but that doesn't mean that you can't move now the order is to move now whatever a call that you are adhering to father in the name of jesus i bless those that are giving now i bless those father who have heard this word today and that you are going to make a mighty impact in their life because of their submission subjection to the obedience of what you deemed for this house. I pray for the spiritual leadership of this house to work out our issues, our insecurities, our inferiority, that so they can lead this house in the order that you have called them to lead it. I pray for sons and daughters who will not live in aughts and accusations with each other, oh God, but that they would begin to see the face of of our God in each other and be quickly to fix the matters at hand I pray for the woman who Elder Joy said was in the hospital that was an in intensive care union I pray father that there be a divine visitation a coma doesn't stop you God our psychology doesn't have to be on or off to stop you God you can bypass all realms God even our psychological mindset and you can speak and minister to that soul oh God and you can offer life father or promotion we pray for that person now under the the sound of my voice. I pray for all those home I'm battling COVID I pray that this time will be a time for you to get in the presence of God to learn how to live deep within God I pray for all fevers to cease and desist I pray for any chest congestion to be dissolved and resolved now in the name of Jesus I pray that you take communion at home every day that is your once a day your Geritol your vitamin D You're alive in God take communion every day and remember what was broken and bruised for you COVID does not have subjection over the communion blood but communion has the power to break COVID. We speak and release this divine appointment in this prescription in the realm of the spirit and Jesus mighty name. Amen. We are now leaving this place but never your presence. Let the spirit of the living God rest rule and abide in our lives from this moment and forevermore until we meet again. Please make sure you give somebody an ear dap, an elbow wave, something in the realm of the spirit and in the natural so they know that they are loved. God bless you all.